In the far future, faster-than-light travel is possible via portals called Stiffworks. Human and alien civilizations travel this way for millennia. Trade, war, and technology proliferate. Countless societies rise, thrive, fall, and vanish. Eventually, almost everyone forgets the secrets of the Stiffworks. Almost. 300 years ago, the worshipful company of Stillfleeters is formed on Spindle, a space station of unknown origin. They send fleeters into the void using Stiffworks in search of profit. It is 100 million years in the future. Welcome to Float City. Previously on Float City, the crew arrives on the Snake Man Mall Moon, Narcosa, sent there by their refactor Algar to investigate an ongoing Escher-esque event involving fold gates running amok on the planet. They're randomly opening, scooping tons of debris into the Escher-esque and tossing it all around the Coe's various provinces. Upon arrival, the team is met by six vat gnomes. Zap, Pop, Dorito, Taurus, Hare, and Deep River, attempting to solve the same problem. Pop, they say, turned on the machine, generating the fold gates, but forgets where it is. Beta and Mercus work together to ascertain the location of whatever piece of strange technology is creating the gates. Far atop a distant spire, Zap calls the plots. All 11 of them, six gnomes and five fleeters, including Oat, make their way across the Mega Mall. Beta and Remy stopping en route to grab some trinkets from a burning shop unstuck in time. We join the crew now, still en route to their destination. Uh, can Remy check what uh, thing he got? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so you are all uh, walking along this giant abandoned mall on soon on Narcosa. Some of you, uh, Remy and Beta, are a little charred, but your suits work fine and you have some new things. Uh, Remy, you want to look at yours? Yes. So you are holding a slightly melted, but not completely destroyed, uh, like hard shell plastic box. It kind of feels like one of those boxes that you keep film negatives in, if you know what those look and feel like. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to open it? Uh, sure. Uh, okay. So inside this thing, there is, how do you describe this? Um, <laughs> on the left, there is a bunch of pieces of paper, like sort of hard plastic, almost laminated like documents that seem to describe the operation of the thing that is clicked into a set of like holders uh, on the right. It kind of looks like a, you know, those mechanical stamps, like it has the big handle on the top and you push down mm -hmm. and the stamp flips around and, and, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. puts ink on something. It kind of looks like that crossed with a very, very fancy, uh, over-designed video card. 
Okay. Uh, so it's like very sleek and black and has uh, lots of beveled edges, but it definitely has a, like a platform in it uh, that looks like it's raised above a couple, uh, like a set of legs. And it has a plunger that you would push down. And uh, yeah, you can tell that there's kind of like a, there's like a drawer in the middle of it or a storage compartment that you can open. Uh, I guess I open it. Roll a D30. Ooh. Whoa. I I immediately thought there were going to be bugs in the film canister. Uh, bugs! I, got, <laughs> I just got this like overwhelming feeling. I was like, there's going to be bugs, bugs in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hot bugs. I rolled yeah. an eight. Uh, yeah, it looks like there's eight sort of, they almost look like band-aids, uh, but they're square and they're small. They're like a gray beige color. Great. Uh, if you look at the pieces of paper, the like laminated pieces of paper that are shoved into the left side, you can see that there are close-up instructions of this thing being pressed down on what looks like a limb of some kind, like an arm or a leg. There's, uh, yeah, there's like a bunch of stuff written on the pieces of paper, but uh, you can't, you can't read any of it. And actually it's like kind of hard to look at. It looks really strange. Like it's, uh, the pictures aren't moving, but it's like the text is animated like a lenticular print. Like it's always kind of changing shape a little bit. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it seems like it is suggesting that this is something that you stamp on your body. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Remy just shoves it back in his, his pack. Okay. Keep walking. Yeah. Beta's, Beta's going to keep hers. Do you want to, do you want to look at it? Do you want to know anything about it? Or do I, just... I want to just know what it looks like, but I don't want to, I don't want to examine it. I just want to know what it kind of looks like. Uh, yeah. It kind of looks like a, uh, it's like a slightly large uh-huh. squishy, uh, chestnut that has like a dozen or so two inch long tendrils coming out of it. Ooh. Uh, they're like kind of floppy. They're like kind of flopping around. They're like a bright pink and the actual body of the thing, it's like round, uh, is, uh, is a dull blue and, uh, it smells really good. Oh yeah. Hmm. She, she throws it in her bag and says, I'm going to take a look at you later. It's also, it's, um, it's wrapped in a like slightly charred piece of fabric that has illustrations on it that seems to describe something about it. But like, unless you spend some time looking at it, you can't really see. Cool. All right. Um, Beta leans over to Zap and says, have you ever been there in there before? Ooh, the Platts. Uh, yeah, many times. Uh, don't know that we've ever been up to the top. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, <clears throat> we've lost some good people in the Platts. Let's just put it that way. Okay. That sounds pretty ominous, my dude. Yeah. Well, in, I mean. Intentionally, and he, yes. And he gestures, gestures around. And you see all of the like, you know, there's a fold gate opens next to you and you can see Kalarash through it and another fold gate opens and you can see <laughs> Kakudun through it. Uh, that's uh, just what life on Narcosa is like. Mm, I see. Uh, Mercus is guiding Deep River by the hand <laughs> over over all this rubble. It's like, oh, uh, what did you mean, you you open gates too? I study the hell science like you. Oh, 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 oh! Wait a minute! Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> hell science, you say? <laughs> you can you can touch the gates. I I oh. <laughs> I can see it leaping off you like plasma from a star. And Mercus just starts <laughs> blushing in the exosuit, extra mucus, making it extra uncomfortable inside the suit. 
Your suit's filling up with slime. Uh, yes, that happens. It helps me cool down. And you just oh, start good. sweating. Oh, oh good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are, are you two in the front of the group or towards the back? I think probably toward the back because we're a little slower. Too small, too small uh, <laughs> beings helping each other through the rubble. You um, traverse the strange debris-filled landscape of this mega mall for what feels like a long time. Uh, as Zap uh, said when you set off, that it was going to be a couple thousand meters. Uh, so you know you're you're walking a couple miles, uh, really, to the to your final destination. Mm -hmm. um, roll a, someone roll a d6 for the group. I got it. Clacking away on my keyboard. Clackety clack. Ooh, <laughs> roll the one. Let's go. Oh no. Hey, That's no. not good. Sorry, uh, I, every time I roll in, in roll 20, I just, I have god-awful rolls. I'm oh going to roll no. in slack from now on. Uh, okay, hold on. I have to check something now. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, let's Fantastic. go. Hey, hey, audience, everyone who's listening to this, this is action. This yeah. is plot. We're moving things forward. Give me a moment here. Roll uh, one, two, three. Bijan, roll a d4. Okay, I'm rolling this in slack. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. That's right. I have a computer without slack on it. Four. Nice. Interesting. Okay, good. Or not good, but good to know. <laughs> As you are walking, you're talking, Mercus and Deep River are uh, getting to know one another at the back of the group. Uh, Zap is up front just pushing forward. Uh, Beta and Remy are looking at their new things, putting them in their bags. Uh, and all of the gnomes are engaged in their various interests. You know, Torres is uh, maybe charting some of the buildings that are around. Uh, Hare is checking her um, munitions to make sure that her guns are loaded. And it's just been a long walk. Uh, and you're all just maybe kind of zoned out a little bit when a giant fold gate opens directly in front of you and it is just careening towards you. First, what you can see on just on the other side of this fold gate that's opening in front of you is it looks like you are up in the sky, like you're looking down at the vast landscape that you are familiar with uh, from when you are in the Escheresque on uh, Rigamont B. Um, you can see uh, there's this sort of gray dune-like plain. You can see some white buildings here and there, these like small structures, big structures. Uh, all of it's like a little difficult to look at. And it looks like even though you're looking forward into the fold gate, you are looking down in the Escheresque. And you can see that slightly closer to the, and again, this is a metaphor because it's the Escheresque ground, there is another fold gate that's open. In that fold gate, you can see bright light, sunlight. You can see a very large green plants. Um, you can see a bit of beach and uh, a bit of water. Uh, you can even maybe, if you're paying very close attention here, the distant lap of the shore, you are looking at Kakudun through a fold gate through the Escheresque and through another fold gate. And sure enough, on this little port that you're seeing from a distance, uh, through multiple dimensions and across untold space, there's just piles of fucking trash. Uh, it's there's just the remnants of this mall that these fold gates have been picking up strewn in a giant pile. Everybody needs to pass a movement check or else they will be sucked into the Escheresque and then potentially sucked into Kakudun. Oh, oh buddy. I, and to pass Send me to hell. Oh, I got I got an eight. <laughs> it's you to pass is a six? 
is a six. Okay. Six or higher. I'm going to buy three, I think. I'm also going to buy three. And then I'm going to roll. I'm going to buy three and risk it. Ooh. Oh, I got a six <laughs> total. Close. Close. <gasps> okay. I'm going to buy three and I'm going to roll an eight. Buying three only costs three grit, right? Correct. Okay, I guess I'll do the same. Yeah, buy three to add three, buy six to add six, buy nine to add nine. Yep. Spend, spend. Oh, so that's uh, rolling one D11, right? Uh, you add it to your final score. Don't add it to your dice size. Oh, okay. Add it as a bonus to the score that you get. Okay, so D8 plus, plus three. Taylor, you can six. roll. Nice. Ooh, nice. We all pass. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon, what did you get? I got uh, eight plus three, whatever. Okay, good. That's Taylor, you can roll for the gnomes however you want. Like, uh... <gasps> Like no! as a, no! as a Not the gnomes, no. Dorito, <laughs> as a group, one by one, like however you like it. Oh my god! You don't do it as a group, then they all go at once. What about Oat? Oh yeah, Oat too. I forgot Oat is with us. <laughs> all right, Oat can't talk because he has debris caught in his throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no! I'm so scared. Oh, no. Dorito screams out. <laughs> Go! We got a date! Date sound! That's date sound! Everybody move! Serpentine! 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 <laughs> and all the, the gnomes, like, in clearly what is a practiced formation, uh, sort of run at a horizontal. They run at, like, a 90-degree angle to... It's like to, escaping to a riptide. Exactly. Yeah. Except for hair. Her... <gasps> I'm just going to call her her. Her yeah. rolled a one. Oh, oh no. no. Uh, her her bandolier of improvised grenades uh, has caught on a piece of rubble that is jutting into the path that, that, that you were on, uh, and she, it's right in the middle of her back, and she cannot get it unhooked in time, and she is at the very front of the line. Uh, it looks like the gate's going to get her. Marcus is in the back, so I don't think he would make it. Um, <laughs> Zap uh, makes a dash because uh, he's pretty close uh, to the fold gate because he was up front leading everybody. Um, he makes a dash to the fold gate uh, as it approaches to try to get to her, uh, but he uh, misjudges the pile of debris that he has to get over, and he just like face plants directly into some into like a pile of trash and is oh. covered and is covered in dust. Do we do we see? Uh, where hair goes, do they go b- through both fold gates? Hair is, um, she's trying to, to, to reach behind her, but her arms are just too short to reach where it's caught the bandolier. <laughs> so she, she, she looks back and says, anyone, is anyone gonna help me get this thing off? Oh. And then she sees Zap face plant and she turns back and she looks at the fold gate, sighs, reaches down, pulls a knife out of her boot uh, and begins to cut the bandolier off of the front. I'm sorry, wait, who has the thing with teeth? The stabilizer? Yeah, who has the stabilizer? Venus does. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't think I actually had that. <laughs> uh, yeah, can I use it to keep the thing open so that they could get their leg out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, okay. It The uh, fold gate stabilizer does not require a roll to use, but it does cost you 1d12 grit. Okay. So if you spend 1d12 grit, you can basically just throw it at a big hole in space, and uh, it should work. That's how it works. Oh, God. 11. Oh, oh, right. no. oh no. This is what heavy, you don't want. It's a heavy price. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's just how it's going to have to be, Ben. <laughs> um... <laughs> 
Vinos is kind of a, you know, he's a he's he's an older man, so he's can often be kind of decrepit looking and sort of not the quite the mover and shaker he maybe once was. <laughs> but in just a moment when he sees that this is happening and he sees someone is tra- caught in it, he kind of does a, a very quick for his, you know, a surprisingly quick grasp at the object that he had spoken to the night before and quickly whispers, remember what I said? And he, th- and he throws it um, almost backhanded at the hole. As you throw the fold gate stabilizer into this gaping hole in space, you kind of get the feeling that you're like, oh shit, I, I didn't throw it quite hard enough, like it's not going to make it. And it looks like it's going to fall short. And just as it looks like it's going to fall short and like clatter to the ground, it just zooms forward like it is attracted to the fold gate. And it spins end over end, side over side, and it orients itself so that it lines up inside the fold gate parallel with it and then very quickly expands and becomes much, much, much larger. And it rings the outer edge of the inside of the fold gate, uh, its many sword-like teeth pointing outward. And you hear this loud kind of like something like clattering metal and short-circuiting electricity and the fold gate just stops moving and is now stable and is just hanging out probably about five or six feet away from Zap and hair. It smells terrible. It smells like burning hair and burning tires. And uh, yeah, like the fold gate is up against some debris that you can now see. It's just like singeing and burning and sucking into the Escher-esque, but it's not moving. And uh, you would appear for the moment to be safe. Venus, my <laughs> hero. <laughs> oh, it was nothing. It was nothing. None of that. No, no. Oh, I think you've got more tricks hidden up your sleeve than you let on <laughs> at the first act of this little adventure. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, no, it's fine. That's fine. Don't mention, don't mention. <laughs> well, I will mention it. And I think one thing that's going to be real fine is you coming over here and getting this bandolier unstuck from the debris. <laughs> <laughs> Venus goes over and helps. He doesn't know why he would be the one she would want to do that. We have a we have a machine <laughs> and a uh, blooder that have infinite strength. Um, uh, Venus, when you get over there close to her and you like lean down to, uh, get that thing out of her. She leans real close to you in your ear and says, mm, now that's a gentleman. <laughs> oh. uh, Venus takes her bandolier and places it um, in her hand and he says, think nothing of it. I absolutely will think of it whatever I desire. Now here, you take you take this one. She pulls one of the grenades out of the bandolier and hands it to you um, and says, mm. Now, this one doesn't do much damage, but it's just about the brightest thing you ever see. (laughs) That's very nice. I appreciate it. I'll put it on my mantle. You better put it in your pocket. We might need it. Okay, yes, I'll do that. (laughs) Zap Zap is now up and dusting himself off, and he says, Um, that's a weapon. Right. Yes. Yes. Great. Bright weapon. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's also looking at you like sort of suspiciously as you're interacting with hair and she's flirting with you. He's like, you know, well, there's a light glare, maybe. <laughs> Zap, you got some dust on your shirt. And she walks away. <laughs> Very Blanche from Golden Girls. I love it. Yeah. All right. Um, now, 
Mike, do did I learn enough to know that I could remove this thing now, or do I just leave it now, or what, what uh, would Venus's yeah. knowledge be about yeah. removing this thing from the... Yeah, I think that you, uh, the, the paperwork that you had, um, mm-hmm. I think we said, described roughly what its operation is, okay. and uh, it had described that, yeah, when you, if you want to close the fold gate, um, you have to be very careful, uh, but yeah, right. it's basically as easy as reaching out, grabbing the inside of it, not the outside, because that is the part that is stabbing Mikey. time and space. Yeah, but if you grab the inside and you pull, um, just make sure you do it quickly, uh, but you should be able to just remove it from the fold gate and the fold gate will then close. Uh, or it will continue on its way. It, right. will do, it will do whatever it was going to do. Okay, so Venus uh, turns towards everyone and says, All right, everyone mosey on, please. We, we need to consider the vector. I'm going to remove the apparatus. All right. And uh, people back away a little bit, but he kind of pushes them with his hand, waves his hand to get them back further. Um, he reaches in and pulls the uh, stabilizer uh, towards his body. Yeah, it's weird. It's a little, it's like much heavier at first. You know, when you pull on it, you really have to put some oomph into it. But uh, after a couple tugs, you get it and it just, it kind of collapses back. Uh, it it tessellates uh, or untessellates. It, it retracts itself into its original size and shape. And there's, a, again, just like this terrible metal on metal screeching uh, utensils on a plate. Uh, I'm not going to sound design this in no, just because of how unpleasant. No. Yeah, <laughs> but like you can imagine as you're pulling it out, uh, and yeah, the fold gate um, passes by everyone. I assume everybody got out of its way. Um, yeah. It burns through a bunch of the debris that everybody was climbing over. You can smell it all get charred and, and messed up as it passes through. And uh, if you watch it retreat in the direction that you came from, um, after a couple dozen meters, it starts to shrink and shrink and get smaller and smaller until it just becomes a pinprick of blue light that then just disappears. Wow. Um, Zap looks at you and he goes, that's a nice piece of kit you got there. Yes, yes, it is. Has many stories, many stories. All right, on we go. Venus. Beta's kind of uh, observes the way that Hare is now looking at Venus, is getting jealous again, and then kind of just whispers <laughs> under a breath, Yeah, quick thinking, Venus. <laughs> Remy's just like, Huh, so that's what that's like. He's unbothered by the whole thing. <laughs> But kind of impressed by it. Like, Venus, I mean, that was a cool That was a yeah. cool thing that Venus just did. Uh, anyway, Remy pulls out his flute and starts tootling again. Um, no! <laughs> and Mercus is, like, mumbling, affectionate group here. Very affectionate. Very affectionate. <laughs> Wait, are the gnomes a polycule? This is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you tootle your way uh, to the plots. Uh, you make your way for probably about another half a mile or so to this giant white spire. Uh, you can just hear Mercus explaining, like, I'm not, I'm not actually a health scientist. I have to come, fl- come clean to you about this already. I just, uh, I'm a banshee. <laughs> I just open gates. I don't do anything else like Venus. Who's Venus? Oh, the, the one who threw that thing into the gate. Oh, I, I barely noticed him. <laughs> <laughs> and Mercus is just. Uh, spine just completely straight and trying to like squishy walk. <laughs> so, are you the captain? In a matter of speaking, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. Camera pans away. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, hello out there, Steel Fleeters. Fun heads, floaters. Well, maybe we don't want to be called floaters. Hey, I don't know. Email me, tweet me, let me know what you want to be called. But regardless, hi, how are you? Hey, it's me, Taylor. You probably know me because you were just listening to me talk to you. But I'm here now to tell you about our new sponsor on the show. That's right, Inked Gaming, right? Inked Gaming. Maybe you already know them, maybe you don't. In case you don't, uh, Inked Gaming, they do all sorts of game stuff. Tabletop gaming gear, play mats, dice bags, dice, sleeves, uh, all sorts of things like that. Uh, they are a one-stop shop for quality gaming gear. And their products feature designs from talented artists and creators all over the world. And you know we would not be doing business with them unless, correct, all the artists and creators featured on Inked Gaming receive a commission from products sold with their work. Now, not only is the stuff that they already have fantastic, it's, it's, it's really cool and fun, but all also, they specialize. They really make it sing, uh, helping you customize your gaming gear quick and easy to make your gaming stuff your style. And they make it easy and affordable. And it's not some like big weird company uh, who you can't understand working in like some sort of black box operation. Oh, no, 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 no. It's a small company dedicated 18 tight knit gamers out of Corvallis, Oregon, and they've been doing it since 2011. Everything is made here in the U.S. of A. Just working with them. It's very easy to see that they love what they do. Uh, and they even sent me some stuff, uh, which was fantastic. And I swear to God, I'm not kidding. It smelled like shortbread, like play mats, and dice bags that smell like, like buttery cookies an adorable grandma would have in the oven when you come over. It was great. Okay, so not only all that, but if you're ready to up your game, Inked Gaming gave us an exclusive discount code. You knew it was coming, and here it is, baby. I'm not going to disappoint. Exclusive discount code just for listeners of this podcast. Can you believe it? So go to Inked Gaming site at, guess what? InkedGaming.com slash FunCity and use the code FunCity at checkout to receive 10% off your entire order. And if you're like me, someone who once they make a move, you know, it's... It, you you got to go all the way. If you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff and if you're going to go back, you'll probably end up going back. Don't overlook the loyalty program, the consortium. That is a good deal. And this year, only consortium members will be given early access and exclusive perks in their upcoming Black Friday sale. So go, go, go get on that now. Again, that link is inkedgaming.com slash funcity and use the code funcity at checkout for 10% off everything. Maybe you know you want to do it. You arrive at the foot of the plots, this very, very tall, very skinny spire that interrupts the rhythmic placement of these empty storefronts just full of debris and empty shelves and display units. There's a series of double doors that's at the front of it that are very uh, opaque. They're just white. And the gnomes actually, uh, as they're approaching, like they've done this a million times, they all take out small tools, uh, small pry bars, very like uh, skinny bits of metal. Uh, things that look like metal wedges and they all begin to work one by one on very specific areas of the door like Zap is in the middle with a wedge and a hammer and Hare and Torres are on either side of him with these pry bars and um, Pop and Dorito are like off to the side watching and it's like this very orchestrated uh, choreographed little dance like uh, you know like they do this a lot and they have a way that they do it. After much 
uh, hupping and uh, straining and grunting, they eventually manage to pry the doors open and through the gap in the middle, um, Zap runs through and on the other side, he beckons to all of you to come through. We follow. Venus yeah, follows. Remy follows too. Uh, first uh, Pop and then Deep River and then Dorito go through and then uh, there's like a very complicated little maneuver where uh, Torres lets go very slowly and one of the doors closes uh, and like dashes through and then gets his crowbar ready on the other side and holds the door open while a uh, hair jumps through it's like this very quick little maneuver and as soon as um, Torres lets go of the pry bar the last time the doors just slam shut uh, and there's this big uh, like clanking sound that reverberates through the room that you have just entered. You're in uh, like what looks like an entry hall. This very much looks like a lobby. Like the rest of the environment that you've seen, it's white and gray. Lots of like eggshell and cream. It kind of looks like an untextured 3D rendering of a hotel lobby. Uh, it's just very evenly lit. Uh, there's very little shadow. Uh, lets, like the light's coming from these weird recessed panels and through this, uh, this dull kind of opaque almost glass-like glow uh, in the ceiling. There are white chairs and gray couches around. There's a long arcing desk in the back corner. It looks like it's made of the same material as the walls, this uh, sort of dull, slightly rough stone. Uh, there are broken pieces of sliding doors, uh, composite desks and office chairs and all this other stuff. And uh, Zap says, so we got a couple different ways to head up. I think it's time to climb. Climbing's my favorite way, y'all. Climbing is the flying of walking. <laughs> uh, Sorry, what was that? Climbing is the flying of walking. Okay. Taurus, absolutely not. We are not climbing again. Do you remember what happened the last time that we climbed? Well, you know what they say? If you fall off the horse, which I don't know what it is. I don't know what that refers to. But if you fall off the horse, you got to get back on. And I say, no matter how many people die trying to climb up this impossibly tall tower, we got to keep trying. Or else who are we? <laughs> exactly. Look uh, at him. He's speechless. What? what? <laughs> uh, Can somebody, Dorito, what's going on here? Are you a coward or not? <laughs> <laughs> you scared? You scared flute boy? Uh, Zap, Zap, put, Zap puts his hand up and he's like one of the ways that we can get to the top is by climbing but it is very dangerous especially if you have never climbed and especially if you have never climbed the plots before but if you would like to climb we can I'm sorry is it, is it not a ladder or something is it are we free soloing a, a giant rock face <laughs> I, what's so dangerous about climbing Free soloing um, is the phrase free soloing in Stofly lore. Uh, yes, Zap, Zap looks at you uh, with no hint of irony or knowingness and says, that's exactly what it's like. Oh my <laughs> God. Uh, um, I don't know what free solo means, but uh, it's a sheer face of what we think is an unfinished stairwell uh, that we have been installing. Uh, let's call them climbing aids uh, for the last decade or so but that doesn't make the climb any less dangerous well it's kind of hard for me to die so i don't think i should make this decision for everybody what other methods are there of getting to the top deep river gasps and her eyes get really wide even wider and she says there is 
a lift? There's an ele- the elevator. The elevator is in now. Well, we're lucky. Uh, there's an elevator uh, that is uh, that is now. Um, Deep River leans over to uh, Marcus and says, "Usually, the elevator is someone else." <laughs> oh! Did you hear what I said? Instead of somewhere, I said someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's just part of the language that we use to talk about time. Oh, I see. Do you get it? <laughs> no. <laughs> there. What is what is the period of oscillation for the for this time and that? Unpredictable. Oh goodness. But now so we could be sucked into a different time at any time on the elevator. But now it's now. Yes, now it's now. The uh, elevator will likely be faster, but you are correct. Uh, they do sometimes blink in and out of time while riding. We have a pretty good track record of getting them to where and when we need to be. Uh, it's just, yes, there are sometimes detours. And then you hear Pop Pop says, ha! And of course, you know, everybody looks over at Pop. Pop's, <laughs> Pop's got a, it, it's a device it looks to be sort of like a, um, you know, like that game where you have like a, like the ball and cup where the ball's on the string and you try to throw it up and catch it in the cup. He's mm-hmm. holding a device like that that's like a rod, <laughs> the little cup on top, uh, and he's holding the bottom against the ground. And uh, above the cup, the ball that would normally sit in the cup looks to be like a hovering sphere of liquid. And it's vibrating. It's pulsing with vibrations. And he's watching the vibrations of this little levitated liquid sphere. And he says, well, 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 it appears that there is also a diner. Three floors up. Mm. That's close. Uh, Excuse me, a diner? A diner. Imagine... <laughs> yeah, well, you ought to imagine a machine that's designed for one purpose only, and that is to eat and to eat and to eat. Designed by who? Boy, your guess is as good as my guess is. <laughs> but I can tell you that the big and the hungry, once in a blue moon, if you're lucky, you can ride upon the one. <laughs> that's what a diner is, boy. Oh, well, I have no interest in riding such a creature, but it sounds like we should avoid this at all costs. We have figured out a way to uh, pacify um, these, uh, I think you would call them a machine of sorts, um, and uh, to use them as a a way of crossing long distances that uh, otherwise would be difficult or uh, arduous on Ah, foot. These are Um, your beast of burden. In a manner of speaking, yes. They are a little slow, but they do tend to be safe. We, like Pop said, don't know who made them, don't know why they're here, other than the fact that they seem to eat the endless expanse of the building and send it somewhere. Uh, They eat more than would fit inside their storage units. One notable thing about them is that they never blink in and out of time. Uh, So they seem to generate a field of some kind. Uh, And you should just know, if we decide to ride the diner, the field can sometimes cause first-time riders to see things. I vote that we ride upon the diner's back. And I think we should climb. Climb (laughs) like, why ride the diner when we can be the diners ourselves? What's wrong with y'all? Are y'all scared? 
This sounds horrifying. Does the diner <laughs> climb, or do we rewrite it to the place where we would climb? The diner, the diner climbs. The diner, the diner climbs. climbs, so we could climb ourselves with just our little paws. We could climb with on top of the eating diner, or we could take the time elevator that could take us to who knows when. What do you think, everyone? Marcus. <laughs> Should we take the elevator? <laughs> I like the elevator. <laughs> You like the elevator? Team, I think we should take the elevator. <laughs> All right, Remy, Beta, what do you say? Whatever, dude. Like I said, it's hard to kill me. I will not die, but you will. Beta is kind of intrigued by the idea that if she takes the elevator, she might end up in a different time. So she's like, yeah, yeah, the elevator. I think that sounds smart. Also, uh, just, I mean, just as a, as a, as a person who has gotten unstuck in time before, it's not so bad. <laughs> I, mean, worse I definitely disagree. Uh, <laughs> but I will go with the group's decision. Venus is so curious about how well, the Vino elevator relates to Venus's personal struggles. <laughs> yeah. How the elevator is a metaphor for what Venus is currently going through that none of us know about. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Zap looks at all of you and looks at Venus, um, you know, with a bit of with a bit of sympathy and says, mm, I mean. I myself am partial to the elevator. Okay, well then I suppose we should go quickly then. Uh, yeah, no time like the present. Well, sorry, Dorito, we're not climbing. Uh, yeah, how upset is Taurus? Oh, is it Taurus who <laughs> yeah, wants to climb? No, Dorito yeah. also wanted to climb, yeah. Oh, okay. No, Dorito, well, no, this doesn't matter. Okay, all right, uh, it's all right. <laughs> I have very good reasons and backstories for all the different notes. Everyone has an interesting wanted. backstory. Well, fine. Y'all don't want to climb? Fine. I'll follow you into the elevator because otherwise I'm climbing alone and there's no one to see me climb and I can't see anybody climb. And being seen and seeing, that's part of the climbing fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, it's decided then you're all going to take the time, the time elevator. Zap uh, starts to walk um, with authority in another direction. Uh, he sort of uh, walks towards the back of uh, where uh, the lobby is past the large arcing desk, um, you know, navigating around these piles of debris, the, the couches and the chairs that are overturned and the small bits of broken glass and everything. They do another one of these little dances with a set of double doors, uh, flush double doors. You know, they get out their pry bars, pry it open and everybody sneaks through. Pop is like looking down at some of his gear every once in a while to make sure that like, you know, everything is looking above board. Uh, Deep River is looking off into the air and not announcing that the elevator has disappeared. So everybody continues. There's a long hallway uh, that is um, just dozens of doors on either side. I don't know if any of you have seen an elevator before. I mean, Remy probably has. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's but, one of these things. Yeah. So you just walk down this hallway that's just got dozens and dozens of elevator doors. It's very, very long and Deep River just stops in front of one uh, and pushes a little button uh, that's on the side, reaches up. Is the button like, I imagine the button being slightly tall for Deep River. Yes. If Deep River is a short gnome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. There's a, a little reach, a little ding, the little button lights up. A couple seconds pass, you hear some whirring, some rumbling, the door is open. And inside is a perfectly mirrored box. Zap walks in. Beta follows. And so does Marcus. Yeah, Remy's in there too. Uh, Venus waits for everyone to go in. He might not go in, and then he 
closes his eyes and walks in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty big. It's like the size of a, a New York City bedroom that you would walk into and you would be like, huh, it's a pretty good size. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it's big enough to fit a queen size bed and like maybe a dresser drawer, a, a, a set of drawers in um, and still be comfortable. It is mirrored on all the walls, uh, on the ceiling and on the floor. All of the panels are mirrored. The doors close and it's mirrored. It is very strange to be inside. You are looking at a hall of just yourself and uh, the little accents uh, that are between the panes of glass that make up the walls, the little lights that are slowly fading in and out, uh, the buttons on the inside panel that are in a strange language that you can't read. And when you look at it, it kind of looks like a lenticular print. It vibrates back and forth a little bit. Uh, there's even one of those news screens uh, that's above them um, that is, you know, got a bunch of motion graphics, uh, like text going by on it um, and like some blurry faced people that are hard to make out. You can't really read any of it. You don't know what any of it is, but yeah, it looks like you're in just an elevator for this building. When the doors close, you hear uh, a voice come through the speakers in the elevator and it makes this terrible, like half talking, half rasping, hissing noise that uh, is it's trying to tell you something uh, and a pop takes out one of his boxes pushes a few buttons on it one of the numbers towards the top of the buttons in the array lights up the elevator jiggles a little there's a pleasant little noise and then you feel the elevator start to move the elevator first feels like it's moving backwards and then it feels like it's moving down and then sideways and Zap is looking at Pop like, what's going on here? Is this how the elevator works? Oh, no one knows how the elevator works. <laughs> you should hold on. Okay. And he just grabs deep of her shoulders like... <laughs> then the elevator feels like it starts to move up. And you can see Pop and Zap go... <sighs> Everything's gonna be just okay, okay, everybody. We're gonna make it to the top of the plants. The elevator was the correct choice. <laughs> and then elevator music begins to play. Beta takes a look at herself in the mirrors. She goes, she goes to Remy. Am I really that sure? I don't know what it is, but I always like, I just like think of myself like we're the same height. I know that we're technically not the same height, but am I really that sure? Emotionally, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, this is why I don't have a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Has, have they ever seen mirrors before? Like, is this like a thing? Yeah. You probably all have some like polished piece of metal yeah. Uh, yeah. somehow affixed to oh, your the wall of your room blob. Unless you have made the specific choice, like it sounds like Beta has, to not have those things, I would expect that you would have something that allowed you to look at yourself. <laughs> this reminds me of the Fun City episode about what are balloons. The balloons. <laughs> You're not aliens, is what you said to us. Yeah, like a yeah. like a, yeah, like a dog looking at itself. Sand. I feel like there's <laughs> they're always walking through the material, yeah. the main material used to make it. So the elevator goes up and up for quite a while. Um, you, you know, it's like multiple minutes pass, and um, everybody's looking around at one another and kind of starting to get comfortable and like, well, we're just on this ride, I guess. Zap looks at Venus and he goes, <clears throat> "So, uh, where'd you, where'd you learn how to throw that, th the thing with the teeth?" Oh, I didn't. It just came to me. I knew that I needed to be somewhere in the ballpark of the uh, opening, and I just 
cast it, and it did the rest. Hmm. Did you, uh, did you, did you scavenge that? This was a piece of gear loaned to me by the company um, for this very specific purpose. Hmm. Got it. What did they tell you about coming here? Hmm. Not much, I'm afraid. Um, only that these rifts are causing quite a problem for not only this planet, but several others. And then the elevator shakes very violently. Uh, I think we won't make your roll for it, uh, but like, you know, some of you sort of like lose your balance a little bit, have to brace yourselves against the side of the elevator. Uh, and then you all start to float off of the ground just by a few inches, uh, just for a few seconds. All of your suits uh, beep a little bit as if uh, to say like, hey, uh, something about the atmosphere is different. Everybody come, <laughs> like, be careful, watch out. And then Zap says, oh, shit, we must have hit a junction. Uh, okay, uh, everybody brace yourselves. Uh, we're going to go back to normal Atmo in a few seconds and then uh, Pop will fix it. Uh, he'll be able to get us back on time. And uh, if not, Deep River may be able to, you know, may be able to help a little bit. And he looks at Pop back and forth between Pop and Deep River and he says, right. Oh, everything is gonna go swimming like a fish. Everybody falls to the ground. Gravity starts to come back, and then uh, the screen readout changes, um, and it becomes this like bright yellow advertisement. It looks like there's lots of moving text, uh, and there are like some very strange-looking widgets or products. Like you don't know what they are, but it's obviously advertising whatever this thing is. And then Zap says, "Fuck." Okay, uh, uh, close your eyes. Don't look at the doors. Don't look at anything. Just look at your feet. Don't, don't look up. Just do not look up. Do you understand? Mercus, uh, uh, um, Deep River, like, reaches up and grabs your head and turns you so that you, Mercus, are facing Deep River. And she says, don't turn around. Okay. In the, inside his... Does the exosuit have helmets? I don't. I don't know if, if we're you, wearing helmets. If you push a button on your collar, it will deploy a bubble oh, helmet around. Okay, you. never mind. He's not wearing it. So, okay. um, in reaction to this, he doesn't say anything. But the ganglia around his head like flares up, and like in a panic. Hare does the same thing to Vina. Hare sees <laughs> Deep River do that and does the same thing to Vina's. Now, don't you go looking behind your shoulder. You just keep looking right here at me. <laughs> and uh, Zap <laughs> opens up one of the many pockets on his chest, uh, on his vest, and pulls out a bandana and just ties it around his head over his eyes and then puts his head down. And then Beta is like seeing everything going on and grabs Remy and does and <laughs> faces <laughs> Remy to her. I, can't, I, I guess we're supposed to be doing this. <laughs> Isn't your face shiny? <laughs> it's so shiny. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Remy closes his eyes. But because you're doing this to each other, you can one of you at least can still see what's going on at the door. Dorito and uh, Torres see this, and Dorito and Torres leap up onto your shoulders and wrap their arms around your eyes. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> Wait, does Beta have eyes? It doesn't matter. I have a face plate. Yeah. Uh, where, where ostensibly she might see from. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, it's you like being under the wire, but like at that moment as uh, they jump and ride Beta and cover her. <laughs> yeah. Where her eyes probably are. Uh, the elevator. Um, you hear that hissing, talking noise again. And uh, it dings and the doors open and you you get a rush of cool fresh air do you hear the sounds of 
many people all talking in that strange hissing talking language that you can't understand. You hear lots of footsteps. You hear uh, like loud, distant music, a pair of wide, iridescent boots floating millimeters off of the ground, cross the threshold from the exterior of the elevator into the elevator. Whatever this being is, quietly says something to all of you, very short. The doors close. And Oat says, Oh, why are you worried? It's just, uh, it's just somebody. It's just a person. Hello, my friend, and welcome to our mirrored elevator. <laughs> ele- oh, Mr. Boy. Oat? <laughs> uh, does Oat actually do this? Yes! You see, uh, all the rest of you see uh, these wide iridescent boots come in, turn around, and uh, like face out of the elevator as the doors close. They're wearing uh, slate gray retro reflective trousers that are uh, like covered in a tunic. You can see the inside of the tunic is producing this pulsing rainbow of light that's reflecting off of these reflective trousers. Looks like it's like some sort of video signal or something that's just inside this dress that this form is wearing. What Oat sees is a snake man. Um, A notoriously unknown super future race. Uh, No one really knows what happened slash happens to them. We just know that they build this thing that you're in and have a huge impact on multiple civilizations 150 million years in the future from where you currently are. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Oat. No one else sees this, so the players are allowed to have this in their brains, but the uh, characters are not, unless you look. Um, (laughs) uh, Oat, its body is... Strange, but like not monstrous in any way. It's just kind of like gangly and tall, kind of skinny uh, with long, uh, long limbs. Yeah, wearing this long tunic. The top of it kind of looks like it's been stained in in blood, uh, like, uh, but like it's a purposeful design. Like this has been embroidered on this very careful, like blood dripping pattern that is also pulsing with light. It's got long, sharp fingers. It doesn't have claws. It doesn't have nails. But it's just got these long, pointy, gray hands. But, Oat, when you follow it up from its iridescent boots to its tunic, uh, to its hands, to its shoulders, like, it's all fine. You've seen unhumans. strange things look like. But then you get to its face and its head, which is just a pure nightmare. <gasps> oh, God. Yes. It's old. It's visage. It is not. It is. Uh, it kind of looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You look up, it hears you say, like, ah, it's just a person. Like, you, what's wrong with everybody? Why are you being so rude? And it turns and it looks at you and it smiles and it nods and says hi in the polite way that people do on elevators. And the oat screams. Uh, please lose D3 sanity. <gasps> <laughs> Whoa. Oh. 
That's a three, my friend. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh. I I feel like would would beta being a xenobiologist kind of maybe get the sense that this is a snake person, but with from the like the boots. Uh yeah, this is definitely a snake person. Okay. So Beta definitely knows this is a snake person. Beta knows it is a snake person. She has it's it's a life goal of hers to meet a snake person because she wants <laughs> to meet and and converse with all types um of sapiens. And so she is trying very hard to see but she has the bodies of the two gnomes covering her entire faceplate. If you want to roll calm to try to get them off, you can. Um, yeah, they're not trying to like hurt you. They're just trying to cover your eyes. Right, 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 right. I, she Wouldn't knows be a that. Fight. But I think I think she's not going to fight it. She's just like she's trying, but like maybe knows it's not great for her to do this. But it's like it's an internal struggle. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, is screaming. Help. Yeah, this the snake man that's in the elevator, you hear him sort of like hiss hiss whisper talk a few things. Uh it doesn't sound particularly threatening, uh, and he kinda like shifts his body weight a little bit. Um <laughs> Uh, the doors, uh, the doors open and, uh, you see the feet turn around and like back out of the elevator, uh, and the doors close, uh, and there's another sort of rumble and, uh, uh, Zap takes his, takes his, uh, Zap takes his bandana off and looks at Oat and says, what did I tell you? Oat projectile vomits all over Zap. Oh. <laughs> Oat. You now know exactly what Morrissey means when he says there are demons everywhere. You're not consumed by it. Like, it is not an obsessive thought, but it is definitely an occasionally intrusive thought that this person could be a demon. They could be, they could be a snake man, or they could be someone hiding in the body of someone else. Your fundamental understanding of what it means to be, uh, like, one particular being has been shook. You are no longer confident in the base-level idea of identity, that a thing is itself. I want to go home I, I just wanted to check real quick uh, how sanity works. Uh, uh, it's um, I would say that it is basically uh, like role playing fodder. Okay, so we there's no we don't all have a uh, an insanity score right now. You do have a sanity score to start. Yes. Oh, but uh, it, what is that? I believe it is just your will. It should be generated for you by the character sheet. Yeah, okay. it is just your will. Okay, uh, but it's like uh, you know you per- when you lose it you permanently lose it like you can't get it back. Right. Okay. Oh God! Oh, I um, I want to go home. I want to go not to spin. I want to go back home. I want to back before I went to the party. Uh, Zap looks at all of you like, do you know what this means? Oh, Mister Road. Dorito pulls something out of one of his little uh, satchel pockets, and he comes up and he goes, Oh, okay, okay, okay. You've never seen a snake man before? (laughs) 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 If if any of you were to look in the elevator, Dorito was just looking at the snake man the whole time, making that that motion with his two fingers. Here's a a story, man. You're never going to be the same, but uh, I can help you out right now. And uh, and he, he pulls out a little, it looks almost like a, it's a fort tube it's about the size of like it looks like a crazy straw he pours a little powder into it one end of it ends in two tubes and he puts it into uh oats nose bend over yeah come down here come down here for a second puts it in oats nose and then dorito 
blows into uh, his side of it, and it blows the powder up into oh. Oat's nose. <coughs> it does feel better. That does feel better. <laughs> yeah, you're going to feel real good for a little while, man. Like space cocaine? <laughs> it's just regular cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Some things just work for millions of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if it ain't broke. <laughs> Uh, You continue in the elevator. It feels like it's going uh, sometimes up, sometimes left, sometimes right. Um, But uh, eventually it's it comes to a slow, slow halt uh, and uh, the doors open. Mercus continues to stare at Deep River. Um, the uh, the light uh, that was lit at the top of the array of buttons goes off when the door opens and uh, the little readout, the little video screen that was above it turns off, too. Uh, Venus turns to Deep River and it says it's. Is it still now? Uh, Mike, is it? Uh, yeah, it's still now. Uh, Venus quickly gets out of the elevator. But wait. What? Okay, n- now it's safe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Beta kind of remembering, you know, feeling like, oh, if I just had the courage to look, kind of feeling bad at her, on herself that she didn't really have the courage to look and remembering her role as kind of the doctor of the group. Uh, as she's exiting the elevator, goes to Oat. Uh, can I help you with anything? How are you feeling? His uh, his pupils are alternating and dilating. <laughs> like one's getting bigger while one gets smaller and then they reverse. Oh. Uh, I actually uh, think I might be better off now. <laughs> uh, all right. You know. I think like I I feel like there was like a veil that I was looking at the world through and now that veil has been pulled away. Okay. <laughs> she she leaves the elevator. Thank you, doctor. Uh I don't know that you've ever seen Oat sweat before, but he's definitely sweating now. <laughs> His fur's wet. <laughs> What's- Oat, why is your head so wet? <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the rest of the gnomes were hanging on Deep River's every word when she was determining whether or not it was now. And as soon as she said it was good to go, uh, they all they all piled out. Zap pulls out that uh, hole punch uh, that he had uh, when you met him um, when you went through the Stiffworks, the uh, the sort of three D map generator. And he pulls it out and he squeezes it a couple times and he cycles through a couple views and he gets back to the one that you are, that you recognize uh, with the the little pink line and the pink blooms in the places that are um, taking up electricity. And you can see that uh, he sort of like moves a hand around and navigates to where you are. Yeah, here you are. You are on top of the pink cube uh, that Mercus found that is labeled Distance Liquidation Unit. You have arrived. I think we're, I think I can say that we're headed in the correct direction. Uh, I, 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 this always looks memorable to me. So, yeah, you are in uh, the spot that Mercus pointed out on the map uh, when you first met Zap and the crew. This is the distance liquidation unit. Like the rest of the Snake Man construction that you've seen so far, um, all of the surfaces are white and gray and shiny. They're mostly unmarked. 
Um, but in this room, uh, you can see uh, four things uh, that are of note. Unlike anywhere else that you've seen, there's very little debris uh, in this immediate vicinity, uh, like where, where you are in this kind of lobby. Uh, there's some like trash and broken furniture around, uh, but for the most part, it's like kind of neat. Now that you're out of the elevator, um, you are now also reacquainted uh, with uh, the fold gates. There's kind of a lot of them around, but they're all small. Uh, they're very little um, and they don't last for very long. They just kind of like blink in and out of existence and they telegraph their location. There's just like a little bright pin of light that opens into a small black hole with a blue or white ring around it and then disappears again. You can step around them. You just got to be careful. You got to like pay attention to where you're going. But there's definitely more of them around here. You can also see for the first time, since you've entered this giant building, there's a window. You can actually see outside of where you are. If you like walk towards a little bit out of the elevator, uh, you can see that you are very high up. You are very, very high up. The, the main edifice that you were trekking along for the last several hours is, you know, uh, you can see it, but you really have to crane your head and look down and like it's just this small, distant, uh, like grid uh, of, of ceilings of these buildings, of these structures, very densely packed all the way to the horizon around the curve of this artificial moon that you're on. And then you can see if you look straight out three or four other other spires that are of the size of the one that you're in, uh, just dotting the landscape. You can see, in fact, it is the case that every inch of space uh, in on this planet is covered with this mall that you were just cruising through. You also see uh, a, a big desk that is uh, like dark gray. Uh, it doesn't have uh, a front on it. You can see that it's got these metal legs and there's just some pieces of paper on it. Um, and uh, there's, uh, you know, some just some uh, some like broken bits of plastic or shelving, but uh, hanging on the wall behind it is uh, a painting. Uh, and it is, uh, I think, the first bit of decoration that you have seen the entire time that you've been here. It is maybe the first bit of color that you've seen other than the fire uh, that you witnessed or the objects that you stole out of that room. And the painting is Two Monkeys by Peter Bruegel, the elder. Do you know this painting? No. Um, it's, um, it's, I don't know what, Taylor, do you know what kind of monkeys they are? The Capucin? Capucin? Uh, they are red-capped manga bays. Hmm. Basically, they're like tiny monkeys with red red tops, like red hats, red hair. And they're chained into an archway, uh, hmm. like a window, looking out at it like a shipping center. Mm -hmm. There's this big ro row of clear doors uh, just to the right of the desk. And on the other side, you can see what looks like uh, cubicles. And the cubicles look like they are just filled with garbage. Uh, it's just cubicles filled with trash. Um, and the lights in there are very bright. Um, and it looks like it goes for quite a distance. You know, it's just like a big, seems like a former office space. Up against the wall that's to your back that the elevator is in, you can see another set of doors. And these doors are metal doors. Um, one of them is closed and one of them is slightly open. And through it, you can see like some metal tables and some shelves uh, and what looks like maybe a refrigerator. This is about as far as we ever go, unless you pops. Uh, Mercus heads over to Zap and asks, like, 
So where 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 does it say we need to go? Uh, and Zap uh, takes the weird hole punch thing out of a pouch on his chest and squeezes it a couple times, and it spins out this holographic map. You can see the bright pink marker that Marcus you found is in the room that is full of the cubicles that are full of garbage. Uh, and uh, Zap points at it and points at the room. And he says, "Looks like we got to go that way." Um, can we tell how dangerous it is? Like you mentioned a bunch of hazards, but how close is are what, where did they I'm thinking in video game terms, like where do they start? Sure. Yeah, roll will. Uh everybody roll will and just tell and, me what you get. Uh, also, everyone should save game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save something is, is an honorable way yeah. to get through anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you are unstuck in time, so uh if someone explicitly saves game, then maybe something in the universe will happen that will allow you to reload <laughs> this moment Yikes. later if things go awry. Uh, yeah. uh time time works weird here, so uh, I rolled a four. Marcus got a one. Yeah. Oh man, this place is great. A, There's nothing going on here. Got a two. I do again want to note that four is the maximum that Remy could ever get. <laughs> Unless you burn grit. Yeah, but it seems like a waste. <laughs> Vino's rolled two. Wow. Oh um, no. Yeah. Uh, the most I can give you with these results is that the double doors, looking through the double doors, it looks like a kitchen. That like those two metal doors where one of them is kind of ajar, that looks like a kitchen of some kind. You can't really tell anything else other than what's obvious. Like, wow, weird, there's a painting. Huh, a lot of tiny fold gates blinking in and out of existence. Actually, the other thing I can give you is if you're walking around kind of like sidling through trying to not get cut through uh, like Swiss cheese by the little fold gates that are opening and closing. You know, you start to see that all the stuff that's around really does. It looks like it's been, it looks like it's been nibbled on by like an infinite number of mice. Like it's all got like tiny little holes just poked through it. Everything's got holes in it. Hmm. And if you look long enough, you'll be able to find like small pieces of paper uh, that are untouched by the fold gates somehow. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of paper around that's been sort of singed and cut through and burned. And you can you can tell that it's been messed with by uh, these little things that are popping up. But if you find a full one, um, you can pick it up. And as you're walking around, Pop actually does find one and he picks it up. And what Pop sees on the little piece of paper is like an attractive, um, blonde-haired human man. Oh, I know this boy. This is a picture of that young, charming man that I met last time I was here upon the plats. Uh, you met a man here? <laughs> Beta walks over to Pop and grabs the piece of paper out of his hand. Whoa. Beta roll, <laughs> you... Beta roll a d6. Whoa, you met a man here. <laughs> a man? A man. Do um, you remember that? Frank <laughs> Roger Rabbit. A man. No, a man. I rolled a two. Uh, okay, hold on one sec. Let me look here. Um, okay, Beta, you do not see, there is no man on this piece of paper. There is a woman on this piece of paper, and it is a Shudtha woman, dressed very old style, like a human commandant. She's got a very dramatic, like big gray beehive of hair. She's wearing very proper naval dress with like tassels, giant epaulets, highly decorated, very big, very impressive blue steel sword with tons of jewels in the scabbard. This person is like, yeah, very impressive to you. This is him. That's the charming young man that I met last time I was here. He wanted to give me a place to live. And then Beta says, whoa, you met a woman here. <laughs> Very. No. <laughs> Remy overhears this and walks over and uh, swipes a piece of paper and says, give me that. Uh, roll a D6 for me. 
no way, Beta. No way. She's <laughs> like, let me take she's a look like, at this. No, no, come on. I want a couple more minutes with it. Roll the one. Um, you also do not see a man. Uh, yeah, you see you see a uh, a female waiting. She is. Um, uh, hold on, let me think about how she's dressed. Uh, you see a female waiting that is wearing a lot of like face jewelry. She's, uh, uh, like heavily pierced and, uh, has a lot of like jewelry sort of like draped, um, on her forehead. Uh, and she's wearing a, uh, like a long blue caftan and a kind of leather jacket over it. Um, and she has like a, of, uh, a jaunty, a long jaunty walking stick, uh, sort of slung over one shoulder mm. and uh, uh she appears to you to be very cool damn she's so cool what a sick <laughs> walking stick but you see this walking stick I, it's not a man you, pop absolutely wrong wait uh, walking stick. walks over <laughs> yeah, walking stick you don't see a walking stick no. Marcus, look at this you look at this look hairdo at this look at this hairdo i mean come on <laughs> i mean i agree love. about the hairdo and just, just peeking love. over Remy's shoulder, not actually touching it, Mercus also looks. Yeah, roll roll a d6. I really you could roll anything that's an even number and just tell me what it, tell me tell me what you rolled and tell me what the number is. A d6 and I got a 3. Okay. Uh so a 3 would yeah, you see another Jelasti. This is a female Jelasti and um she is wearing very tall like platform shoes um on both of her feet and on her tail um so there's like a there's like a long sort of like conical tip on her tail uh, that allows her to balance on her really tall shoes and the shoes actually have a kind of like video paint on them that's like showing a, a um an old painting um of a of a forest landscape that is being depicted um on these very tall shoes uh, and she's wearing like what looks like a boating vest like a like a uh, like a floaty vest you know with the buckles um and it's got a it's got a ton of buckles and there's a little hole cut out in the bottom to uh, accommodate the gelasti ganglia um <laughs> and uh yeah she's doing like a little like like fun finger point and uh yeah she seems really friendly uh yeah Mercus's ear flaps like unfurl and he just tilts his head and goes auntie ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I don't get it no but... this isn't oh. your auntie but i would love to meet this woman yes, i would she's gelasti what <laughs> I'm seeing a waiting. Uh, no. I'm seeing just a handsome young human man. I, I guess. Wait, wait, Venus. Would you take? Would you take a look at this? <laughs> I don't need to take a look at this. Oh come on, Venus, take a look. Come on, oh, I'll take a look at it. You guys are looking at some advertisement from a thousand years in the future. All right, it's trying to show you some kind of lifestyle that is bidding of your kind. Now give me the damn thing. <laughs> But we can agree it's hot, right? Yeah. And, and Venus We looks, can agree. And I, I'm uh, rolling a d6 too? Yeah, roll your d6 coming out of this. <laughs> but we all agree it's hot. We do. I got a five. You see a, a male Harajun that is uh, slightly older, but has very notable silver hair. Like where the Harajun are often white uh, or like kind of cream colored. This Harajun is is like bright silver, looks very distinguished. Um, and he's got, uh, he's wearing these very tiny circular glasses um, and is uh, holding a large tome underneath one hand and is wearing this long bright green leather uh, kind of like open vest uh, that goes uh, down to his knees. Uh, and uh, yeah, he just looks very, uh, very erudite. 
Hmm. Yes. Well, this is pretty hot. All right. My apologies. <laughs> you, want to be clear, you are attracted to the heritage. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Vinos. Okay. So uh, we got some fucky paper from the future. Yeah, this is weird. Okay. Mm. Uh, and as you're, as you're, yeah, as you're all like sort of gathering around it, just by chance, a little blue fold gate uh, beacon starts to open up uh, in the surface of the paper and opens and closes in an instant uh, and like kind of burns a hole in the middle of it. And when okay. this happens, it just turns pure white. Uh, like it's been sort of wrecked or destroyed or turned off in some way. Like whatever was going on, it's no longer able to do it after it's been burned through. Hmm. Some sort of trick by the snake men, perhaps? Well, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Beta walks towards the painting mm. and asks everyone, okay, what are we seeing on this thing? Everybody can respond to Beta however they like. You all see two red-headed monkeys chained to a wall. I see two red-headed monkeys <laughs> okay, chained okay. to a wall. Okay, okay. Wait, how do you know what a monkey is? There's a painting of them right there. <laughs> <laughs> and the plaque says underneath it, two monkeys. <laughs> in the language that we all speak in the far future. <laughs> okay, just checking, just checking. How big is this painting? Uh, it's the, actually, I don't know how big the actual one is, but this one is quite large. It's like imposingly large. Uh, the actual one is 9.1 inches by 7.9 inches. Yeah. So this is oh. like 9.1 feet by 7.1 okay. feet. I was just <laughs> seeing if it was something that I could, that I could take, but it seems a little hard. So, I mean, you mm. could, it would be hard to carry, but I'm not going to stop you. But there aren't any full gate holes in it. There are no full gate holes in it. No. Are you guys noticing what I'm noticing? Yeah, certain things seem to be safe from the full gate activity. And that painting has been there for a while. Does it look dusty? Uh, no. Doesn't look dusty, but there aren't any people in here. Sometimes I come up here and I, I clean the dust off of it. I'm no, quite, you don't. I'm don't lie. Quite a fan. Why are you lying, Dorito? I'm not, I'm not lying. Dorito, you lying? <laughs> <laughs> Why would I lie? You don't need to tell your friend to calm down. Remy takes out his flute and starts tootling. No! Dorito knocks it out of your hand. <gasps> I love this flute duel. Uh, the Remy. flute gimmick is my thing. You can't come over here to my turn and take the flute. I'm the flute guy. Remy retrieves his flute uh, and, and uh, gives this fucking goblin thing a stare Dorito pulls out a flute <laughs> <laughs> and plays it at you we about to have a toodle off no uh, <laughs> Remy grabs the flute and crushes it in his hand this episode is oh. this, this episode is just uh, 45 straight minutes of flute play yeah <laughs> you Remy take his flute and crush and he, it he make, makes like he's gonna crush it go ahead <laughs> and he reaches behind his back and he pulls out a second flute <laughs> Instead of crushing it, Remy brings it to his lips and starts tootling. It's a tootle-off. <laughs> thank um, you, thank you, flute person giving us flute sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. M much respect to Jake Friedkiss. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. After, after each of you play like a line or two, uh, Dorito says, okay. Okay, I'm sorry okay. I knocked that flute okay. out of your hand. Obviously, it's something you care a lot about. Maybe there's room for two of us here. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And he, and he winks at you, <laughs> but like kind of closes the other eye too. Yeah, he's not. He's that grown, so not good at winking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Remy winks back. 
friends. And he holds out a hand to shake your hand. Remy shakes. No, it pulls says, my hand away. Dorito pulls his hand away. Remy now, says, I'm just, Re- that's just how we are friends here. We just like to rough house a little bit. Remy, You're all right, Remy, says, Remy says, not enemies. Not enemies. <laughs> wow, what a touching moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full anyway. circle, really. <laughs> Flute circle, please. And that's the episode. Um. <laughs> Flute City. The spinoff show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Where do you guys want to go? So you, from your will checks, uh, from your perception checks, um, you got to huddle around a piece of paper for a little while. You know that there's a kitchen um, and you know that there is uh, like a big old office full of cubicles, full of crap. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? You can also look out the window. I mean, you kind of do whatever you want. I think Remy starts walking toward the kitchen. You guys should come. Uh, I guess let's just check this out. I mean, there might be food here. I'm a little hungry. Oh, there's sure. definitely food here, but it's weird. <laughs> Fino says, hmm, I like the sound of that. And actually, as uh, Deep River says that, uh, one of Pop's instruments uh, starts beeping. Oh, I got the, I got the beeps going on over here. I, I think uh, that, that means that something's happening. Yeah, that means we got incoming. Everybody stay frosty. <laughs> What does that uh, mean, dude? It means be cool, dude. It means just keep your eyes peeled. Something's coming for us. You know about ice peeled? You you were growing in a vat. <laughs> we get downloads of common idioms. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually probably true. The yeah. vat gnomes likely, uh, their brains are likely just full of 300 million years worth of human culture. <laughs> Man, uh, what was up with young Sheldon? That was a weird <laughs> thing for y'all to do back there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, my friend. Yeah. I don't think anybody I mean, does. Honestly, like, if it survived, right, wouldn't the Vat Gnomes think that it was some piece of, like, high art? No, I don't <laughs> think so. And it is. And here on Fine City, we believe Young Sheldon yeah. is. Cut, I mean, cut all this. So- uh, cut this entire Young Sheldon bit. Thumbs down. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, Pop says uh, that his instruments are beeping and that we got, and that Dorito says we got incoming and tells you to stay frosty. Remy, you continue walking towards the kitchen. Yes. So when you go in, uh, when you open the door, you see, it's like, you know, uh, it's kind of like what you would expect from the back of a restaurant, like back of house at a restaurant. There are these long metal tables with nothing on them. Um, You can see a wide uh, stove top that's not on. Uh, You can see uh, a tall refrigerator that's closed. Uh, there are a bunch of like preparation tables uh, and there are a bunch of uh, sh- like look like shelving units uh, to your left hand side. It uh, looks like there's just like a bunch of cubbies for storage. And as you're looking around, uh, it starts to get a little cold in there. You can feel like there's a there's a, a slight draft or something. And then all at once, uh, it's like the, the air gets kind of sucked out of the room and you get hit with this cold, strong blast of air uh, that kind of like pushes you back a little bit, um, back out the door that you were walking in. And there's a, a like a flash of light and a flash of what looks like smoke or, or steam or something uh, that that covers the uh, the cubicles, the little cubbies in its place um, where it was once empty and there was nothing in them. It is now full of what looks like super future snack food. Sick. Uh, <laughs> So it seems like there's a bunch of, uh, yeah, that's what they meant by incoming. Um, there is some out-of-time snake men food uh, that has popped into existence in this room. Does it look edible? Yeah, do you want to walk over and take a look at yes. it? Yeah, yes, sure. Remy, Remy's uh, so hungry. He's so, so hungry. So uh, you can see uh, there's uh, there's six different shelves, and each of the shelves is covered in a different, uh, like a different thing, a different type of thing. The bottom one, it's like a... Um, 
plastic bag, like a bunch of plastic bags, sort of like uh, like what we would identify as chip bags. There's a bright yellow background and a gray ground uh, that like has perspective, like going off into the distance, like it's a, a pathway uh, or a trail. And on the trail is uh, a tesseract with uh, spindly arms and legs that's got big friendly eyes. And it's holding a bag of what you are looking at. Like it's got the, the bag has a picture of itself on the bag. And on the bag that the tesseract is holding is another tesseract. Tesseract with big eyes holding a bag, and on that bag is another bag with the and so on and so on and so forth. Sick. Um, so yeah, it's like a little. It looks like a little foil bag. Um, on the uh, the shelf above that, you can see a very neatly laid out collection of small Klein bottles that are filled with a bright blue liquid. Um, do you know what a Klein bottle is? It's like a thing that doesn't have an exterior surface. Yeah. How is it filled? You can fill a. You can. We as in this universe can fill a Klein bottle. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made sure. I went and watched a YouTube video to make sure it was possible. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, they so yeah, sell a... they sell like expensive, like gimmicky wine decanters that are Klein bottles. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Uh, nice. So yeah, there's a, a collection of a bunch of small Klein bottles filled with a bright blue liquid. They're like six, seven inches tall. They have etchings of what looks like a four-headed fox on the side of them. The hmm. shelf above that is uh, like a large set of uh, d- like a large display box. Um, so like, you know, it's like a big box with a bunch of other little products placed inside of it. And you can't tell what they are because um, it's like the box is the top of the box is turned sideways. So it's pointing out at you and it's just got a bunch of brightly glowing lights on it. Uh, it's like a bunch of little squares that are shimmering a kind of rainbow color. Uh, and until you pull one of the small boxes out, you won't really see anything else. Um, the shelf above that is uh, these kind of like clear plastic sacks of red uh, like liquid of some kind in which are floating um, cubes of blue jelly. Uh, the sacks have a really wide base and it seems like the jelly is thick. So they kind of like stand up and they make a shell. They make like the shape of a little mountain. And you can see on the side of the sack, there are little valves that you can open and close. Remy grabs one of everything uh, here. You want to hear the last two? Yes. Okay, two more. This is again, we were, I, I like I rolled a D6 to figure out how many gnomes there were. I rolled a D6 to figure out how many snacks there were. <laughs> I love uh, it. Glad I'm, getting, glad I'm letting you use I your tables. I love it. Snack content. <laughs> so the next shelf up, uh, it is a, uh, there are just stacks, stacks and stacks and stacks of what seem like perfectly identical fluorescent green leaves. They're kind of in the shape of fig leaves, but they're a foot tall by like nine inches wide so they're huge uh, and it looks like there's a plastic band around each of them and clipped into the band is something that looks like a spoon on one end but kind of skinny uh, and a butter knife on the other end and then on the top shelf uh, there is a like a fake wooden partition uh, like it that looks like uh, like fencing or something that is um that's installed in the front and it's like it's just filled uh, there's n- like no additional packaging with things that look like rocks uh, you, until you pick one up, you don't really know anything else. It just looks like a rock. It looks like a looks like a crate full of rocks. Yeah, Remy grabs one of everything. Uh, okay, let me see if you learn anything else just by picking anything up. Okay, uh, the large box with the smaller boxes inside of it. The boxes are like uh, like a, about the width of um, like a lipstick box, so it's small. 
but they're long. Uh, they're maybe like six inches long. Um, on the side of them, there's an undulating animated rainbow uh, that uh, like has a, a set of like friendly looking discs like riding on it. Like they're jumping, like the box is animated, like it has a little video that plays. And the discs are excitedly surfing um, on this uh, undulating rainbow. You pick up the sack of red syrup with the blue jelly. It's like sort of weirdly heavy. Yeah, the green leaves feel like leaves. They're just really thick. Um, How thick? And, ooh, like maybe two inches, maybe three. Damn, that's thick for a leaf, Mike. Yeah, it's like a leaf steak almost. That's a thick leaf. <laughs> thick leaf. Thick. Thick leaf. <laughs> Bijan's face hates it. Bijan hates it. He hates it. I just don't. Bijan, why do you hate a thick leaf? It's just the way the way that you're saying it makes me not like it. I would eat a leaf steak, right? Yeah. Let's find out. Let's find out. When you get uh, when you get one of the rocks on the top shelf, uh, it's actually kind of squishy. It looks it looks like a rock, but it's really soft. Um, Mike, I am never going to hire you to be a snack designer. <laughs> <laughs> Once you uh, get one in your hand, you can see that they all actually have a um, like a character painted on them. Um, and the character is a vat gnome and he's wearing a weird getup that looks kind of a, like a cross between Western garb and like a, with like a steampunk top hat. And he's got a very big, bushy, blonde mustache that he's twirling in his fingers. <laughs> and he looks sort of like a, uh, he looks sort of like a rapscallion. Mm. Yeah. So I think, I think, uh, so Remy brings the, the, uh, the Vat Gnome branded thing and gives it to Dorito and hands him the, uh, the Vat Gnome looking thing. It's like, yo, you know what this is? Oh yeah, man. You should eat some of the stuff. It's great. See, you said it like that, and now I don't want to eat it. It's safe. Uh, it, Dorito does not appear to be pulling your leg in any way. Okay. Remy just uh, puts it back in his pack and walks off. Oh, oh no, come on. You should let it now. You should let it now, Remy. <laughs> I'm giving you all this weird stuff. You got to do something with it. It's a miniseries. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, did have, I did actually have an idea, but but I was, I was going to, all right, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Remy, Remy uh, looks at Dorito again and looks at the thing again. Oh, look at me. Not enemies. You want half? You first. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I guess Remy eats it. Uh, okay, yeah. It tastes um, very bland. It's pretty weird. Uh, and it's kind of like biting into a, a round rock of a mushroom. Mm. It's got it's got like a kind of grainy, kind of meaty, cold texture. You can look when you look at it, you can see the like little um, like little holes of like aer aerated material. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't know if it was like extruded or, or grown or what. But as you're looking at it and swallowing it, your face starts to get get really itchy mm -hmm. um like your chin starts to get itchy and your cheeks start to get itchy and just underneath your nose starts to get really itchy uh, and then just all of a sudden a mustache pops out of your face uh, a big blonde bushy mustache like the one that the vet gnome has um on the object that you are holding everybody how does remy look with a big blonde mustache. Is this a good look? <laughs> to, to Beta, this looks really good. To the point where she's like, okay, that stuff is cool. And she grabs the other half out of his hand and bites it. 
<laughs> uh, the same thing happens. Your your exterior, whatever. I mean, no face. Uh, but uh, yeah, Almost you bad. start to get a strange tingling feeling on the front of your bag head, um, and then yeah, it's you. Your face sprouts after several seconds. A thick, bright blonde mustache. Okay, Re- I'm sensing a pattern here. <laughs> Remy high fives Beta. <laughs> yeah, she high fives Beta. Uh, wait, so there are effects here. I need to know what everybody thinks about both Remy and Beta's mustaches. Do they look good? Yeah, I think that to Marcus, they look great. Got a mustache right now? Venus thinks they look good. The look isn't really complete, though. Um, there's there's like a, something missing, maybe an accessory or a big hat. Sure. Um, but he's <laughs> like, this is uh, this is almost there to something, something quite nice. Yeah, I agree. They need like a top, a topper, like a hat, like a fast, like something to focus the eye. But I gotta say, both of your faces, A plus. Agree. So then for the next 24 hours, uh, you each get a plus one to charisma, to charm. Yes! That's uh, how it works. At which point, at which point the snack will wear off um, and uh, the mustache will fall out. Should we, uh, should I put the plus one, that in the condition area? Uh, yeah, you can put it in your conditions. You can put it in your, in your bonuses and just make a note that it's like good for a day. Yeah. A shoot uh, though with no face and now a mustache. Yeah, that's so sick. That's that's so fucking sick. You guys, there's more if you if you want to get in on this. There's like there's like a whole there's like yeah. So all of you see Remy stuff. Uh, now, you, now after this has this has finished itself, you know, after you've been through the mustache ordeal, you realize that Remy is cradling like you know an uh, like armfuls of weird foreign looking snacks that you don't recognize. Um, and uh, yeah, if you head into the kitchen, um, you can see at the far left edge, at the far left wall, uh, there's a tall uh, shelving unit with a bunch of strange snacks on it, and you are free to grab whatever you like if you want anything. And you know, if you eat anything, let me know, and I'll tell you what it does. But just be fast. We got a job to do, and it's dangerous up here. Little fold gates going in and out everywhere. Uh, Mercus walks over and grabs one of the leaf steaks. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe we can share this deep river. <laughs> like Lady and the Tramp music mm-hmm. play. Yeah. But he puts it away for now. It is very strange to hold because it is kind of what I've described. It's like, Jeff, it's a, <clears throat> let me see if I can do it. Thick leaf. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I did all right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to make you guys proud. Yeah. That was very good. Uh, Venus uh, pops the top off of one of the little long boxes with the rainbow on it, dips it into one of the Klein bottles, uh, the liquid, and gives it a smell and takes a bite. Give yourself uh, plus two grit and plus two reason for the next day. Wow. Nice. nice. Um, give, and that's plus two, like, max grit. Nice. Oh, nice. Wow. Um, and roll 1d6 and 1d5. All right. And then I will and then I will describe why it is you are getting these things. The D6 is 3. Okay. And the D5 is 3. Uh give yourself an additional plus 1 to reason. Okay. So that's a 2 to grit and 3 to reason. 
for yep. 24 hours. Okay, 24 great. hours. Yep. Um, so yeah, you, um, you sort of like, you have to like rock the Klein bottle back and forth in order to get some liquid out of it. So you like sort of do that over the, uh, the little thing that comes out of the box. When you mm. open the box, um, you pull out a, uh, it's like a small glossy, uh, sugary looking cylinder that has an always turning rainbow on it. So this is like mm. animated food. Like this, this is something you can eat, but is, you know, has movement to it. And That's it looks cool. like it has, looks like it has four chunks perforated into it so like you can eat four sections of this thing um so you like you know rock a little liquid out of the klein bottle onto the top section of this rainbow thing and like take a bite off of it and the uh the klein bottle the like the juice that's in the klein bottle just tastes very uh it just like tastes like energy like it it is definitely you know, super future Red Bull of some kind. <laughs> nice. Um, it's very, it's kind of sour and sugary, but also sort of medicinal. And that is what is giving you a bonus to your grit and your reason. Um, and nice. then, uh, and then the like weird uh, um, rainbow snack kind of, yeah, depends upon how you roll. It like affects different people differently at different times. Uh, it's got a panoply of effects and you happen to get a plus one to reason. Uh, and both nice. of these things last for 24 hours. Sweet. Venus, how you feeling, bud? Quite, quite well. <laughs> that means very good, doesn't it? Yes. Hmm. Then I guess uh, I'll save these. Yeah. So, like everybody, take yeah, take whatever you want. Mark it down in your inventory what you have, and just keep track. Beta takes two more of those the things that create made her have a mustache, just in case she needs it <laughs> later. She's some people she wants to show the mustache to. Get a get an, another read on how it looks. You have raided the kitchen. Uh, is there anything else you can look around? Uh, it looks mostly pretty empty. So there are no gates coming into the kitchen, right? There are some. Yeah, it's like I'm just assuming that you're all being careful enough as you're moving around that you're not like you know that you're like keeping your wits about you um, and you are not purposefully moving into something that would take a core sample of your body. Mm. Um, but yeah, there are like there are little fold gates open, like you know coming into existence, opening and closing, uh, you know, just sort of throughout the space. Marcus heads to the door that's indicated on the three-hole punch machine and is looking for for Zap to proceed. Oh yeah, he's uh, he has not partaken of any of the snacks. He's just standing in the middle of the lobby, looking at his hole punch map machine uh, and kind of like you know peering into the office with the cube farm, looking at the map, using his weird little uh, haptic glove to move the map around a little bit and try to get a lay of the land. Uh, and he sees you coming and he's like, "You all uh, done with snack time?" Yes, I believe so. Should we proceed? I would like to solve this problem sooner rather than later. You got it. So let's go. Is it through right, there? Group. Round it. Round up. What is going on? Like where? And Who Beta is the mustache. <laughs> Beta is just like touching her mustache and is like yeah. not even paying attention. It's very full and soft. It's so <laughs> nice. I would describe it as luxurious. It's like it's been conditioned. Mm. Uh, okay, so does everybody the gnomes get all to... stand for it in a line? <laughs> Grenades and munitions. Miracles of hell science. Architecture and wayfinding. <laughs> Communication. Shit. <laughs> <clears throat> Communications and technology. Morale. <laughs> morale. <clears throat> that's right. Do you not have someone in charge of morale on your team? I would say that's beta. I was going to say, who does everyone look at? Yeah. <laughs> I would say that's beta. Oh, well, thank you. Wow. Um... <laughs> 
thanks. Uh, wow, this is a huge moment for me. Never have I ever thought of myself in that way. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a calling than an assignment or a job, really. I just feel that the role of morale officer just belongs to you, you know? It's just out there in the world, and we but live to meet it. Wow, that's so deep. Dorito, you. you're, and you're a natural. Oh, thank you, Zap. Uh, and, and Zap gestures towards the clear doors. Um, I'd like to remind everyone, we don't know what's in there, so just be careful. Watch your six. Don't get into any trouble, all right? Mercus leans over at a deep river. You stay behind me, okay? <laughs> I think you should stay behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he follows behind yeah she takes your hand for sure <laughs> and everybody remember the first rule is to have a good time <laughs> and then is there that. flute playing <laughs> yes like a fife like a revolutionary <laughs> war fife <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, and Zap says, okay, time to shove off. And uh, he goes to one of the clear doors and opens it up. Does everybody follow him through the clear door into the cube farm? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Great. So you walk in. Yeah, you can see much clearer now what you saw before from inside the lobby. Uh, there are a bunch of cubicles just filled with all the same kinds of um, rubble that you've seen throughout the rest of the um, structure that you've been wandering around. Weirdly, for some reason, not in uh, the lobby, but in here, yeah, it's just like full of trash, uh, full of building material. And it's all got tons of little holes poked through it. And you can see that the fold gates here are a, a little bit thicker, a little bit more dense, um, not larger, but there's just more of them um, as you move into this room and they're coming and going like a little bit faster. You can still easily see where they're coming from. You can step out of the way. You can make sure that one of them, you know, uh, doesn't uh, cut through you. Uh, they don't, they don't form inside your body. Uh, they, you know, they occupy empty space first and then move through things. Uh, as you walk further in, you also start to hear just in like little bursts, brief snippets, segments of what sounds like really loud conversation, like a lot of people talking all at once, like a busy office almost. But it's very distant. Um, it's like it's on the other end of a of a tunnel. It's just like little bits here and there, and tons of tons of people talking, and then nothing, and then tons of people talking, and then nothing. As you're walking through this maze of cubicles, you know you look up and you see there's this. It almost looks like a. It's almost looks like drop ceiling. Like it's a. Like it's just this grid of squares uh, above you. Uh, some of the squares are lit. Uh, they're like bright white light coming out of them. And uh, you can just see that the cubes and the ceiling just go and go and go. Like this office floor or whatever it is, is just, you know, you think maybe you can see the end very far away. Like, you know, it's probably not infinite, but God, it's like, it's huge. It's football fields and football fields. And as you are walking to this, walking through this, walking with Zap, following him, looking at this pink beacon that's on his map, getting closer and closer to it, those bursts of sound of people talking gets louder, a little bit more frequent. Um, And then you actually start to see, you know, in like the corner of your eye, in like distant sort of sections of this floor, like 
just the ghosts of figures, uh, like these little diaphanous uh, shapes of people, of humanoid shapes, kind of like coming through a kind of fog and disappearing. And they're timed with what you can hear, this, this, you know, this large group of people talking. And you're going and you're walking and it's getting a little bit louder and it's getting a little bit more frequent. And then you go far enough, you, you look at Zap's hole punch map that he's holding, you can see that you're basically on top of the little pink beacon. He's got this look on his face like, what's going on? I don't like, this doesn't really seem like it's anywhere. Uh, and uh, he looks and he turns to Pop and he says, Pop, do you remember any of, do you, does this look familiar? Oh, that's so much of this blends together. It's hard for me to keep track. I just remember the nice boy, the man who wanted to give me a place to live. And I think something about, uh, there was some kind of, switch or a uh, 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 panel that I activated. This could be it. I I'm sorry. My mind is going. Wait. Yes. And Pop is pointing and he's pointing at a figure that's maybe like 25, 30 feet away from you. That's him. Walking towards you. Pop, you see a tall, attractive, blonde human man in a gray suit. Hello. Beta, you see a tall, attractive female Shudtha with a gray beehive hairdo. Mercus, you see a friendly Jalasti wearing tall platform shoes. Remy, you see a very cool-looking Waiten. Venus, you see a hot, studious Harajun. And uh, as it walks towards you, you all hear a kind of like crackling, hissing sound, like a almost like a uh, like a walkie-talkie squelching noise, uh, and then kind of like it's hard to tell where it's from like maybe it's from the direction that this thing is approaching maybe it's from like the ceiling almost like there are speakers uh a like cross uh, like a, a synthetic processed voice um and uh you can hear it uh it talks to you oh hey i didn't see you there but i can see it looks like you found our administrative offices what can I do to help you? Oh, wait, I know exactly what I can do to help you. I can get you in a unit today. And just think of it. <laughs> just think of it. If you lived here, you'd be home by now. You are now leaving Float City. Next week, from the 16th to the 27th of November 2020, the Fun City crew is throwing a little fundraising party on the internet. For two weeks, we're going to be streaming, posting fun extras on our Patreon, and playing games on Twitter. Our hope is to increase our monthly Patreon take so that we can hire an editor, which means hopefully being able to avoid postponing releases in the future. If you want to see what we get up to, join us on some streams and get some fun behind-the-scenes goodies. Head on over to Patreon dot com forward slash fun city ventures and toss us a buck or two so we can keep making the show hi i'm Bijan steven and i play remy tester on float city you can find me online on twitter at Bijan steven b-i-j-a-n-s-t-e-p-h-e-n on twitch at the same name and on instagram at Bijan cakes 
B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Mercus Imeldar. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randwitches. That's the word sandwiches, but replace the S with an R. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Beta Combat. You can find me on social at Shodell. Hello, this is Nick Gersio, and I play Lux on Fun City and Venus on Float City. You can find me at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter and in Gersio on Instagram. You spell Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. I'm Taylor Moore, and I play all the cool, interesting characters. You can follow me at taylor.biz. <laughs> My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. Float City is played in a soon-to-be-released system called Still Fleet, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Still Fleet. This episode of Float City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. Pixel Riffs perceives it to roll backward behind his path into a globe itself enfolding like a sun or like a moon. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall. Remy's flute playing is by Jake Fridkiss. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit Pulliam, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>